listening. Welcome back. My name is Grayson Mann. This is the Man with the Plan podcast, episode 68. What a weekend. What a weekend. The wildcard weekend, the NFL playoffs are officially here. Guys, as always, thank you for the support. We are on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, YouTube for those who are just joining us. We are trying to reach now 5,000 total listeners on the show. So help us out by telling a friend, telling your family, telling relatives. Tell everybody you know about the show. We're trying to expand our community. We've done so much in such a short period of time. Really appreciate that from you guys. Get the word out. Spread it. Especially if you're on Clemson, go to campus. Tell your people in class if you want need a podcast to listen to while you're walking to class and stuff like that. Especially at this time of year when there's so much stuff. You're figuring out how can I get... How can I figure out this stuff in a way that isn't over-explained? Like, let me, let me be that source. Let me be that voice for you. So today we're going to talk about four of the uh, NFL wildcard games. And I think I'll probably bring on a guest to talk about it on later in the week, but I'm not entirely sure on that yet. Stay tuned for that. We might preview divisional games. Might bring on JM Live, but I'm not sure. So the wildcard weekend was great, but we're going to talk about four games because we had a mix of close games, a mix of blowouts, but I think four games really cover what this weekend was about. The Cowboys game, Bills and the Patriots, the Bengals, and then we'll finish it off with the Cardinals and the Rams. That just concluded as I'm making this podcast. Ooh, ready to go, ready to go. So the conversation surrounding Dallas and San Francisco and with the Cowboys, it's always going to be contentious. It's always going to be something. The conversation will forever dominate the ref and all of that was a big mistake, but I think Romo explained it really well is that Prescott needed to hand the ball to the ref, so let's just get that out of the way. But what I take away from this game, and what I take away from a lot of these Mike McCarthy-led games, and I think this is a really interesting look for two people. You have on one side Jimmy Garoppolo, and another side Mike McCarthy. And I think for one, he's trying to boost his trade value, because he knows he's not going to be on the team next year. They're going to move on with Trey Lance. They're going to take that next step in that development, they sold out for that pick. They got their guy. They know what they want. But for Jimmy Garoppolo, it's all about how can I increase my value, especially now that I have extra time, national attention. What can I do to make myself more appealing? Because I'm going to be gone, whether I like it or not, whether I don't want to, whether the circumstances allowed it. He's going to be not on the 49ers. He's going to be on a new team. So how do I increase my value? How do I make myself look more appealing? These next four, at maximum four games you can get, how do I make myself look like another franchise QB for another team? And I think in most part, it wasn't as successful as he could have liked. A couple of mental mistakes and interception that allowed the Cowboys to get back into the game. If this had been a blowout, the conversation would have been, wow, Jimmy did a lot for himself there. But the 49ers did what they needed to do. They were able to fight off the Cowboys rally and... On the other side, the other person that is going to have a lot of conversations surrounding them, you might be thinking I'm talking about Prescott. I'm going to be talking about Mike McCarthy. Mike McCarthy, especially since Aaron Rodgers, that whole situation, his ability to coach has always, I feel, been put into question. And for McCarthy, it's been clock management, just these basic smaller details that he never really seemed to hit that I think Aaron Rodgers was able to mask for him. And I know that I'm always really hard on Aaron Rodgers, but I think Mike McCarthy, overall, the little things, he can really get a team, he can build it, he knows 
who can play football and who can't. But I think for him, it's the smaller details. Down in yarded situations, clock management, timeouts, certain plays at the right time. Just those little details, the extra little pieces that involve being a head coach, I don't think he's the greatest at. I think for him, these 15 penalties, a lot of them were either drive killers, and I have it listed either drive killers or drive extenders. For And that is a positive that's not even a positive. That's a negative on both things because you had at one point, you had I think three or f- two or three false starts in a row that gave Prescott a third and eight, I think a third and 20 or something like that. And then one of them was it was two five yard penalties that extended the 49ers drive when they were trying to get the ball back for Dak. And those are crucial in that time because you're looking at it now from a certain angle where the Cowboys ran out of time and the game was over. And if you had that extra 15 seconds, or maybe even 40, where you have a penalty not occur, you're able to, A, open up the playbook, which there was those first three plays in that potential game-winning drive that the Cowboys built up. They had three straight really great calls. They had a hook and ladder, a screen to the sideline, and then they I think they had something over the middle of the field. I'm not entirely sure, but they were able to get Dak Prescott and the Cowboys in a winnable position. We don't know if they would have won it if they had that extra time and that extra play, but it's those little things, those details, the Randy Gregory almost just bear-hugging that guy. The little things matter, and the little things killed Dallas in the end. And I think for McCarthy, that's not a good look for a team that is as talented as this Cowboys team is with Micah Parsons, Dak Prescott, Ezekiel Elliott, Tony Pollard, Amari Cooper, CeeDee Lamb, that offensive line. Trayvon Diggs, I know a lot of y'all like to bag on him, but I think he's still a pretty great corner. But the little things killed Dallas this weekend. And I think that if they were able to get over this hump, and the 49ers are a tough first-round matchup. This isn't like them losing to the 9-8 and eight Eagles or something like that. This is a really good 49ers team with a lot of talent. So we'll see how they look with Nick Bosa coming up, going against Green Bay. Green Bay, is in the, ever since Rodgers has been with the Green Bay, they have not really been very productive against San Francisco but we'll see we shall see it'll be very interesting moving forward but the little things end up killing Dallas in the end and that is what's going to cost them and end their 2021 season (sighs) all right time to rip the band-aid off let's just let's get this one over with guys I know you were really excited for this one you're really uh, looking forward to me talking about this so if you didn't see it on Saturday the Buffalo Bills not only beat the New England Patriots 47-17, to they had their way with them. It was a butt-kicking, to say the least. Did not see that one coming, um, especially on two perspectives from a... I like to... A lot of my friends like to do this with me, too. They say that I have two brains. I have my Patriots brain and my podcast brain, and I like to kind of keep those separate. So for Saturday, I thought that I had a pretty nice idea of what was going to happen. I thought Buffalo was going to win, but I did not think that it was going to go in that direction. (laughs) And so you're sitting there. I'm going to just tell you from a fan's perspective. You're with your friends. You're hanging out. You're eating pizza. You're just talking about football. You're doing all the things that you do. And you're watching your team, which not many people like outside of the Boston Patriots community, and they're getting their stuff rocked. It's it's not fun. <laughs> but uh, if you enjoyed that Patriots game on Saturday, I uh, shout out to you. I mean, more power to you if you're enjoying football. But 
this is more about Josh Allen. This isn't about Grayson being sad. Josh Allen, so week 16, they play in Foxborough, and he has an out-of-body experience. He goes ballistic. He doesn't miss many throws. He throws ball across his body. He does things that you couldn't even conceive, and that's Josh Allen in a nutshell. He does so many unbelievable things, but that's why the Bills took him. And in this game, when he needed to be his best, he was his best. He was making so many great throws. He only missed five. He, I think he had as many touchdown passes as he had incompletions. But for the Patriots, it was just a slap in the face. And the end of the season, especially after the bye week, they went one and four. Um, if you include the playoff game, they only had beat Jacksonville, which is like Jacksonville. But for Mac Jones and company, this really isn't on Jones, in my opinion. I know you're going to look at the two interceptions and say, oh, well, he could have put some, he left some points on the board. The first interception was an unbelievable play by Micah Hyde. It was a fade route to Nelson Aguilar. He's running the end zone, and Jones just a second late. And on the second one, it was tipped after Hunter Henry. It was a contested catch. So it wasn't anything head scratching. It was just the wrong place and the wrong time. He was able to show some fight and bring them, and not, they, they didn't get embarrassed in the second half. They were able to put up a fight. And I think for New England, there are three keys. Because when you get like beat like this in the playoffs, you have a lot of momentum. You're like, oh, we're in the playoffs. We're doing a lot of right things. Then this happens. So how do you rebuild that momentum? I think there are three things for New England. It's number one, they need a true number one wide receiver. They need a guy that can separate, that Mac Jones can go to and make a difference. There's five offensive players that I think worked for New England that can be a part of this thing moving forward. Then one in specific that I have hope for. So it was Kendrick Bourne, Jacoby Myers, Hunter Henry, Ramondre Stevenson, and Damian Harris. And the one I have hope for is Jonu Smith because he's very talented. And I think if they can utilize him in the right way, it'll be great for them moving forward. And I think they need speed at linebacker. I think that they need to be able to build against Josh Allen. And I think having Jonathan Jones, and my third point is corner depth, but having Jonathan Jones out hurts. It's a really bit of a struggle to have practice squad corners out there against Josh Allen. So it's more of a balancing act. Can they re-sign J.C. Jackson? Can they find? Can they potentially draft a guy like Sauce Gardner who could potentially fall later in the first round? That could be something to look out for. But for Buffalo, this was a huge win, not only for the 20 years of anger that they've probably had deep-seated into them, but I think for Allen... Just the struggles against Belichick, especially not these last couple games. He's been able to write off that narrative and playoff and big games in general in the snow and the cold. There was a stat that he struggles. Well, that's been thrown out the window. Can they ride this momentum into KC? And I guess we'll talk a little bit about Kansas City and Pittsburgh for a second. Kansas City was caught looking ahead, I believe, in that first half where it was a little close and they ended up pulling away. It was like 20 to 7 at the end. But for a while, Pittsburgh was in there. If they could have put together some drives, this could have been really interesting. But I think that the Steelers' offense was not capable of doing that. But the Steelers' defense was able to keep them in that and get pressure on Mahomes and allow him to miss a couple throws. If Buffalo can do what they did to New England, this Kansas City game against Buffalo would be very, very interesting because I think Kansas City has some holes that I think Buffalo could exploit, especially with Josh Allen if he continues this momentum. This could be a very, very fun playoff game. But that's for later. I'm going to save that for later. So when I return, I'm going to uh, first sob for a little bit after talking about the Patriots losing. I'm going to talk about Cincinnati getting their first playoff win, what it means for Joe Burrow. And then we're going to talk about the Cardinals and the Rams, 
what went wrong for Arizona, and can the LA Rams put up a fight against Brady and the Bucks? My name's Grayson Mann. We'll be right back. Day. My name is Grayson Mann. This is the Man with the Plan podcast, episode 68. This is the second half of the show. Thanks, as always, for tuning in and making just what I do so much fun. Just hearing you guys' comments, seeing the views, seeing the numbers. It's so awesome. It's really great. It's just a real thing. Thinking that last year we were like episode 7 and 8 doing these playoff things, and then 60 episodes later, we're talking about it again. Different teams, different storylines different everything. It's fun. I just love doing this. So I can't wait to talk even more as we go into the divisional conference championship, Super Bowl. Heck, we'll do the Pro Bowl too. And then we'll start up with our NBA stuff in a gradual thing because football's not over yet. So don't worry. But all right, let's get into it. The Bengals have won their first playoff game in 30 years. So if you're a Bengals fan, you can finally do that You can erase that meme where the Bengals haven't, you haven't sent a text message about the Bengals winning a playoff game. That is over. That is done. So shout out to them. And the guy who brought you to it in only his second year is Joe Burrow. Joe Burr or Joe Shiesty is whatever, whatever the heck it is that y'all do and call him. I don't understand it, but uh, I think everybody can safely say Joe Burrow is one of the feel good stories of the season after tearing his ACL and having a really good comeback, having a really efficient season. We said on the podcast he should be an MVP candidate. A lot of people believe that, uh, at least a couple people believe that he should win it. I think that there's a lot to argue about his candidacy and what he's done for the city of Cincinnati and what the energy is around that area. It's just been insane. So he was the first playoff game. So we got to see him under the national spotlight. Everybody was glued to their TV, tuned in, ready to see how this would work. How would this work under the bright lights? Would it falter? Would it escalate? Would the production slip? Opposite of that, Joe Burrow was on fire. He was 24-34, very efficient. Two touchdown passes. Jamar Chase was incredibly involved. And I think that pick each snap, it just gets a little better. And I know that I made an exact segment saying that that was completely wrong. And I like to remember even when I don't want to remember myself when I was wrong before and that I've said it on the show for you guys to listen to. Maybe you agreed, maybe you disagreed, but I think it's important for me to bring up when I miss, especially on a a show like this. I said style, I said the Bengals went for style over substance and that they should have picked Penai Sewell out of Oregon, but it ended up clearly being the right decision for Joe Burrow's development, for his comfortable how comfortable he was in that situation, especially after an ACL injury. I bet having a guy that he's been throwing to since college really helped make him feel comfortable in that offense, even more than he already was, because he was fantastic when he was playing in his rookie season before the injury. But this is a game where I was thinking, if this Bengals team's going to win, this is a season for Oakland. I always say Oakland, and I, I, I will promise to correct myself in the near future. But for Vegas, this was a season as tumultuous as it could have been. Disastrous, catastrophic, all the words you want to use to describe it. It was a cluster of just so many things. You had the John Gruden situation with the emails. You had Henry Ruggs. And if you haven't seen my Henry Ruggs video, I really encourage you to do so and just take a listen. I think for all that the Raiders have endured, 
all the games, all the storylines, and especially being a team like the Raiders, all the headlines, all the story, the media attention will come pouring in. So for them to go 10-7 and with an interim head coach and be able to compete in the playoffs, it came down to one final play. It's unbelievable. It is a storybook season for Derek Carr. I think he was able to silence a lot of his haters, especially going through all of this all of this just trouble. It was unbelievable. I'm so happy they were able to have that experience, especially being a Renfro fan. I think that oh Las Vegas. Ah, see, got it there. I think for Las Vegas that they weren't necessarily rattled, but I think that their their just magic had to run out at some point. And I hate to use the word magic in a season like that where so much happened, but they're able to overcome a lot, and I'm really happy that they got to be in the big dance. They got to say, hey, even after everything that happened, we were able to make something special happen this year and make the most of it, and they made the most of their opportunities. Derek Carr did all he could. I think for Basaccia, if he gets his chance, I think the players really rally around him and love what he does, so that could be a big option. They just fired Mayock, so they're going to be starting new with the GM. If they can start to draft right, they got enough players in position where they could really make something special happen and compete in the AFC West. It's tough to have Mahomes in that division. But at the same time, if you can get that right direction at the GM and head coaching position, the sky's the limit for a team like Las Vegas with a lot of potential and a lot of heart in that Sin City. Okay, so now we're going to talk about the final game before we wrap up the show. Cardinals and the Rams. And this was one, shout out to Addison if he's listening to this. We were trying to find food in a snowy Clemson. Um... This was a very interesting game, and I love watching the Peyton Manning, Eli Manning uh, broadcast because they bring so much life into it. They're both just chilling in their set-slash-living room, really just enjoying life and talking football with each other. That's what it's all about. But for this game, it was all Rams. It was a domination. It was a beatdown. I mean, hey, if you're a Patriots fan, you were hoping maybe somebody else will get blown out like we did, but... For Kyler Murray, it was very evident that his offensive line could not withstand the force of Gaines, Donald, and Von Miller. That is a dangerous combination, especially when you have a corner like Jalen Ramsey who covers half the field anyways. There's a lot of limitations when going up against that Rams defense, and it'll be very important moving forward for that Tampa Bay matchup. But for the Cardinals, not having DeAndre Hopkins, especially in a game where you're very limited enough going against a defense like the Rams it really hurts to not have a true number one wide receiver AJ Green tried to make it work but I think he's best suited now in his career as a wide receiver too to where he can uh, take away some of those just I I guess all that attention off of DeAndre Hopkins because he can still play and he's very good football player and knows everything he's been in the league long enough but not having DeAndre Hopkins out there really hurts it establishes a lot it takes it makes the defensive coordinator sleep but have to lose sleep at night because he's got to prepare for such a fantastic player and for Kyler Murray it was just like the game on Monday Night Football a couple weeks ago where first play Donald swarms the offensive lineman and take Kyler Murray down you can just say the Rams are just more talented they're over the Cardinals are overmatched they're outgunned they went to this gunfight and they forgot the gun they forgot the ammo and for the Rams this is a really significant win for not only Odell Beckham but for Matthew Stafford, both who were, I think it's the, both their first playoff wins in their careers. Odell Beckham, last two years, have gone through this very awkward, it's like an awkward teen stage for him where he's had to go through those rebellious years with Baker Mayfield and 
try to figure out what the heck is wrong with me, what is going on, what are these changes, goes to LA, he's matured, he's been able to get past that, he had a really great game tonight, made a lot of good plays, a nice throw too for 40 yards, he's really coming his own on this team, so (laughs) Browns fans, I'm sorry about that comparison, (laughs) but uh, sometimes it just comes off the noggin like that. I think for the Cardinals, this is not a season to be like, oh, this is a big failure because we got blown out of the playoffs, but each year under Cliff Kingsbury, although I'm never really sure what that dynamic is as with him as a head coach, I think he's really improved each year. They've been more competitive. They've added more talent. I think they're really building something in AZ. But for the Rams, moving on the divisional round with a lot of talent and a weaker Tampa Bay, Tom Brady, he's got Mike Evans and Rob Gronkowski, and that's about it. A.B., gone. Chris Godwin, gone. Leonard Fournette, questionable. Ronald Jones, questionable. They've got a strong defense, so I think that'll be a more low-scoring game than you think, but the way the Rams put on a show tonight, it's not like they're going up to cold Green Bay where they got to change a couple things. They're going to go down to a really nice Tampa Bay in Florida in January, so it's going to be a really nice day. As long as there's no big hurricane or freaking rain or whatever, This should be a really fun matchup for a quarterback in Matthew Stafford who's looking to prove a lot this year, especially being traded away, saying, hey, we think you can be better than Jared Goff. And I know a lot of people are going to be like, if Jared Goff, or not Jared Goff, if Matthew Stafford loses divisional round, it's the same place they ended up after adding all those pieces. This is a really big game for Matthew Stafford to prove that he's worth more than what Jared Goff could deliver to the table. And beating Tom Brady in that kind of game would say a lot about what the Rams are willing to sacrifice in the offseason to get all these kind of players like Odell Beckham and Jalen Ramsey and Vaughn Miller, Matthew Stafford, Sony Michelle, add all those pieces to be able to get to the game before the Super Bowl or potentially the Super Bowl would be so huge. And not only is it in Los Angeles, it would just be it would be like what would happen with Tampa Bay last year, where they'd be able to get to play in their home stadium be able to rectify a lot of those pains that they've faced in past years. The Rams have a lot riding the line in this divisional round, and we're going to talk about it all on our next episode. Guys, that was our Wild Card Weekend recap. I hope you guys enjoyed. Subscribe for more and leave a like, and just overall help us support the show. My name's Grayson Mann. Have a fantastic week. If you're in Clemson, stay safe and don't fall over the ice. This is the Man with the Plan podcast. Y'all, take care. (laughs) 